Howdy who? Howdy who, everyone? This is the first encounters of 2024 and technically the first episode of 2024 because, yeah, hi, this is <laughs> because, hi, <laughs> this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. It's okay. You don't have to finish sentences over here. Well, we're your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hey. I'm Sabrina. Hey. Hey. This is an Encounters episode. Yeah. And if you're new here, welcome. We are really excited to have you here. We, on Encounters episodes, read your stories. So if you're new here, yes, we're still accepting your emails. Please email us any ghost story that you have to our email at twogirlsoneghostpodcast at gmail.com. It does not matter when you sent us the email. We still read emails from... 2018, 2017, we read emails that were sent four hours before we record because we see them come in and go, oh, got to read that one. So it doesn't matter. Just send them and we'll read them. And I picked a theme for this episode. You did. (sighs) Creepy kids. Creepy kids. Creepy kids. I feel like we were overdue and we met a couple creepy kids on tour and we met a lot of parents of creepy kids Mm -hmm. on tour. So I did feel a little bit bad that a lot of the venues did not allow kids. Kids. (laughs) Most of them were like 21 and up. So even 18-year-old, 19-year-old people couldn't come. But anyway, we're trying to give a moment, a light to the creepy kids out there. Because we all started as one. We did. You and I both did. And so this is for you. Hey, creepy kids out there, this is for you. We fully support creepy kids. We fully support creepy adults. Creepiness is great (laughs) (laughs) so we're getting for some creep time with us creep time oh this is like so random but i just this has been my new thing and i think it's like so i don't know why but remember back in like middle school where it became cool for girls to wear like boxers under their jeans yeah are you doing that kind of can i show you (laughs) sure are they boxers or are they tight they're briefs they're briefs okay Way more comfortable than boxers. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But they're me undies, and I'm like, I kind of like that they show above my jeans. Like, I'm into it. You're giving a Gwen Stefani with that pattern and then peeking out, you know? I feel like you could start singing this shit as bananas, and I'd be transported back to 2006. <laughs> I don't know how long this this interest will last, but here I am. It's happened. It's been happening for the last three days, and I'm sharing it with all of you. I like it. You're bringing it back. Yeah. You're the fashionable one here. So now you're going to start a trend. People are going to be wearing briefs. I have the meat undies one and they're like the cheeky briefs, but they're so comfortable. I only have two pairs and I'm like, and they're both Christmas themed. So now I'm like, I need to buy more so that I can rotate them out. (laughs) Wear them after. You can always, I feel like plaza year round. That's true. People wear them all the time. Okay. Thank you for the support. Yeah. And now to creepy kids. I'm very excited for this one. It's from our listener, Courtney, and it's called Herman and the Cheese Lady. (laughs) That's all I needed to hear. I know. I love it. A plus. Best email. Best. Hey, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Courtney. My husband and I both started listening to your podcast a few months ago and are obsessed. He has been begging me to send you encounters since we started. So here are my slightly creepy but more wholesome encounters. I probably should have read this one last, but you know, whatever. I do I do what I want. Yeah, because it's less creepy. Yeah. That's okay. I feel like 
creepy kid does not mean creepy thing happening right. to the kid. It just means you experience the paranormal in some way as a child that may have startled you or your loved ones. Yeah. I mean, kids encountering ghosts and talking to ghosts is creepy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this one I do not personally remember, but my entire family does. I grew up in Southeast Michigan and my family lived in a bungalow style home at the time. My parents' room was upstairs and this was my father's childhood home that he and my mom bought from his parents when they got married. When I was around two to three years old, they would often find me sitting upstairs on the floor, babbling and talking to something. This progressed into me asking for slices of cheese and walking away for them to find me upstairs feeding cheese to the air. (gasps) It's us. It's us as ghosts. (laughs) If I had a request and I had been dead for a long time and not able to eat something, I'd be like, cheese, do you have any extra sharp cheddar in your fridge? (laughs) Slices of American cheese. cheese. Ooh, give me some boucheron and just spread Mm. it on a cracker. Better yet, just give it to me on a spoon. Spoon feed me cheese, baby. Yeah. When they asked what I was doing, again, two to three years old, I would say, feeding the cheese lady. (laughs) They often (laughs) brushed this off thinking I had an imaginary friend. One day we were looking. It feels so innocent. Like it seems like something a child would make up. The cheese lady. The cheese lady. You know, when you're like, oh, let's make a superhero. And they choose the cheese lady. It feels like a kid. A kid's imagination, it does. One day, we were looking through old family photo albums when we came across a picture to which I shout, that's the cheese lady. The cheese lady turns out to be my great-grandmother on my father's side (laughs) who lived with my dad's family and lived upstairs until she passed away. My dad remembers that she would love cheese and crackers and was often found sneaking downstairs in the middle of the night for a cheesy snack. Safe to say that the love of cheese comes from her and it's a running joke in my family. That's beautiful. Isn't it so cute? It was her really benign way too to give them a sign where it was like, they'll know. I'm known for my love of cheese. I'll just do this. They'll figure it out one day. Or she just freaking loved cheese. I also love that she was known for sneaking down to get cheese. But now she's like, Mm -hmm. I'm too old. I'm on the other side. I'm going to get my cheese from this toddler instead. Yeah, the child can sneak up to me. (laughs) Bring me the cheese. The fact that she was feeding the cheese into air. Like, I, (laughs) so good. Which is like, I want to know the motion too, because I want to know if the grandmother was like bending down and holding the cheese or if she was just kind of sitting there and being like, ah, ah, (laughs) now put the cheese in Grammy's mouth. It's a game. Like, do you want to play a game? How many pieces of cheese can you get? And do you think you can make all of them go into my mouth? (laughs) Watch them disappear. Fast forward to age 15. I was redoing my room, painting art the whole nine yards. I had just finished painting my once orange room to a more calming purple color. I went to bed for the night like normal, but I woke up around 3 a.m. and I was on my side. When I opened my eyes, I saw what appeared to be two legs standing next to my bedside. They were wearing dress pants and just standing there. I was frightened and did not look up. And while I was frightened because, um, hello, something next to my bed at 3 (laughs) a.m., I was not really fearful. And I closed my eyes and went back to sleep. The next night, I woke up around the same time to, again, 
see the outline, but this time of a shorter adult with short hair in dress pants and a shirt walking around the room looking at different things, such as the new artwork and all of the things that I had put up in my room. I had put the word believe I painted on a wall and I closed my eyes and went back to sleep. I told my two friends about this, which one of them then said, it's Herman, just naming my ghost. (laughs) I feel like that's how so many ghosts get their names. It's always just someone random in the family or someone not related to the family at all, just shouting out one name. And then it just sticks. No one ever changes. Sven. Right. The origin of Sven. Someone just came up with it. A year passed and I did not see anything else. So after that year, I went to go see a psychic medium, Julia Mary, who I highly recommend for anyone who lives in Southeast Michigan. I went because my mother had passed away two years prior when I was 14 years old and I was seeking closure and trying to connect with her. And I absolutely did. Not even thinking about the experience I had in my bedroom the year prior at the end of the session, the medium stated that Herman was actually my mom and she was just checking out what I had decided to do with my room since her and I were supposed to redo it together before she passed away. That's so sweet. There were so many other things said in this session that validated that this medium was legit and it did give me closure. But the fact that Herman was just something said between me and my two best friends made it even more validating. Oh, I wonder if that means that the medium said Herman without... Without her saying anything. Just like, oh, is there a Herman in your house? Well, that's actually your mom. Wow. Thank you for listening. Patiently waiting to see you both and my mom on the other side someday. Courtney. Wow, Courtney. You have really beautiful encounters with the other side. So beautiful. From relatives just coming in and checking in on you or communicating with you in just very harmless and sweet ways, just still connecting with you. I love that the great grandma was still asking for cheese. Like, I know. Because I doubt that she was able to eat it, but but like, I, I hope she was tasting it. Could she? Maybe. Maybe. Where'd it go? If she wasn't eating it, where did it go? Well, they found her like holding the slices of cheese in the air. So like, I don't know that she was fully consuming it. In my mind, it was a repeated action. Like, I guess... We were only told of one time, but I'm wondering how many times it happened that she wasn't caught. Mm. Grandma just has like a stack of cheese in the walls. <laughs> yeah. Someone's renovating in the future when the house is sold and they're like, what's this pile? This mountain of cheese. Of moldy cheese. Grandma's stash. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. <sighs> For the love of cheese. Always. I love that. You know what I decided recently, Corinne? What? Fuck it. I'm going to eat cheese. <laughs> When have you not eaten cheese? (laughs) You always say you shouldn't eat cheese and then you still eat cheese. Okay, but to be fair, I like have limited myself. And like usually when I go out to a restaurant, I don't buy cheese or like things with cheese. And lately I've just decided life's too, well, not life's too short, but more of like, I don't care if it hurts. It tastes good. (laughs) The enjoyment that you get from eating the cheese and the flavor of it outweighs the feeling of ill afterwards. Sometimes you got to weigh it. Yeah. I understand that. Yep. I support you in this. Thank you. Eat all the cheese you want. (laughs) Okay. 
This story is called That One Time the Kid I Babysat Was Possessed by a Demon. Sick. And it's scary. Hey, ghoul sisters. My (laughs) name's Val. I'm a huge fan and found your podcast recently, and I'm binging it at work all day, every day. The Encounters episodes are my favorite, and I have a few spoopy, spook, spook stories. But this one still gives me the chilly willies. (laughs) Spooky, spook, spook, chilly willies. I'm down for this. This is the Chili Willy episode. Ooh, you know what? They should sell for, instead of like chili dogs, they should call it Chili Willies. They should. Is that why we say Chili Willy? Is it because like, never mind, child themed episode. Okay. (laughs) Let us begin. (laughs) It was a dark and dreary rainy day and my mother called me and asked me to help out a friend of hers from church. The friend's babysitter canceled on her, and me being in my first year of being a hairdresser and me being broke as hell, I was like, sure thing. I vaguely knew these kids. I'd see them around the church, but never had much interaction with them. I did know and was warned that they were struggling with their oldest. It seemed like behavioral issues were stemming from a learning disorder to me, Hmm. and there were four boys in total. Let's call the oldest one John, and then Chase is the middle, and the two youngest twins, Hunter and Mark. Names have all been changed because I want to respect the privacy of these kiddos. I went over there and I came bearing gifts of pizza and the newest Lego movie. And I was a mega hit. I was going to say best babysitter ever. Yeah. After pizza, we went into the yard to play on the trampoline. I feel like that would make them throw up right after pizza. Maybe not. Kids are sturdy. Yeah, sturdy. While playing, I saw John lean over to the twins and whisper something that I couldn't hear. And the twins responded with, No, stop. I don't want to hurt her. Oh my God. I immediately clued in and I said, what don't you want to do, Mark? What is John asking you to do, Hunter? And both immediately shook their heads and said nothing. I played it off as a joke, like they were just playing a cute prank, but I still couldn't shake off the feeling that something was off. The next incident that night started when I heard John say to the twins, they're going to be mad that you don't listen. I immediately said, who? And why? I think you guys are doing great. (laughs) Because they were doing great. They were doing pretty good getting along and having a good time. I don't know who the they John was referring to was, but at the time, I just thought that he was talking about his parents because of the few moments that I had to correct them. I brought them inside and we watched the Lego movie and I let them stay up 15 minutes past bedtime because I'm a baddie like that. (laughs) Gotta bend the rules and be the cool babysitter. (laughs) I started to put everyone to bed and tuck them in tight and turned on the twins' baby monitor. The setup is important here, so let me explain. There were two bedrooms up there, and then in between was a small playroom with a large comfy chair. Before I left, because the family is really religious, I said, oh, we forgot our nightly prayers. And the boys got quiet. And John said, we don't say prayers up here. Oh my gosh. I thought, oh, maybe they just do them downstairs all together before bedtime. And I said, It's okay if it's different tonight. We can say our prayers one time up here. John didn't say anything, but he looked pissed. We all kneeled around the twins' bunk beds and said our prayers. During the prayer, I heard John growl. Literally growl. That is when I was like, yeah, the rumors are true about you, bud. John. (laughs) John. But still, I just thought that he was being a really weird kid. Let's find out how freaking wrong I was, shall we? I went downstairs and I chilled on the couch because I couldn't find out how the TV remote and setup worked, so I just started binging social media 
and that is when I heard some noise upstairs on the baby monitor. It was hard to decipher, but it sounded like deep talking. I quickly walked upstairs thinking that these little effers were out of bed and playing when they shouldn't be, and once I was upstairs, I realized it was Chase, the one that shares a room with the creepy prayer growling John. He (laughs) said he didn't feel good and that John was doing it again. Oh my god, I hate... (laughs) I know. I asked, what is John doing? And Chase, being so young, just shrugged and went and laid on the comfy chair in the in-between rooms. I said, hang tight, I'll get you some water. On my way upstairs, my heart started beating really rapidly and I felt really uneasy. And I realized that I was flippin' scared. At this point, I didn't really know why, but y'all listen to your bodies. When I got upstairs with the water, Chase was fast asleep on the comfy chair and I heard rustling in the room that John was sleeping in. I opened the door and I saw that John was rolling around on his bed back and forth. I thought maybe he was having a bad dream, so I went over to wake him up. Y'all, grab your heinies, because as soon as I got to John's bed, he went stark still and put all of his weight on his neck. (gasps) He was ramrod straight with his arms held tight beside his body, and let me tell you, I did not hesitate to run out of that room. Did I think about the poor children? No, because John was doing that weird thing again. I stopped in the living room to pick up my phone, and like any 21-year-old in a creepy situation, I called my dad. With shaking hands, I pressed dial, and I stood there shaking in my boots. I didn't know if he was having a night terror or what, but I was going to go check. Then I heard it for the first time, something in the monitor that chilled me to my very bones. Oh, no. Oh, no. And I'm chunky, so it takes a while for the cold (laughs) to hit me. I heard growling demon, like growling, coming from the baby monitor downstairs. The baby monitor that was in the twins' room. I could still hear John upstairs rolling in his room. My dad picked up his phone, and at this point, I whispered, something is wrong with John. And I told my dad everything up until this point, all while John is still growling and murmuring things into the baby monitor. I was wigging out. My dad was out of town and couldn't get to me. And he said, let's just say a prayer. And the growling got worse. And then it turned into cold laughter. No, 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 no. My dad told me to call my boyfriend and have him come to my house. So I called my then boyfriend, now husband, frantically telling him to come here that the worst thing has happened. In the monitor, whatever John was possessed by started speaking what I can only assume is Latin. What? And it said my name. And then it said, kill, kill. Val, kill. So loud that my husband heard and he said, don't hang up this phone. I'm coming. Holy shit. (laughs) I know, isn't this horrifying? (sighs) At this point, I just stood by the back door away from the monitor that kept clicking on and off with this weird noise waiting for my husband to get there. Bless his soul. He drove so fast. I let him in and pretty much hid behind him like a scaredy cat. And then when we reached the living room with the monitor, we heard growling and get out, get out, get out. Bless the other children because they slept through all of it. My husband and I just sat on the couch until the growling died off, but I still felt icky and so did my husband. We felt like we were being watched. Finally, the parents came home from their date and said the usual, how are the kids? (laughs) Ma'am, your child is possessed by a demon. I did not say that. However, I did say, John did this really weird thing in his sleep. And she said, 
the audacious woman said. Oh, the growling and the laughing thing? What? I shit you not, this woman knew something was wrong with her child and she let someone else come and watch him without telling them that there was a demon inside of him. Honey, no wonder your other babysitter canceled. (laughs) My husband and I literally yeeted ourselves out of that house and I've never been back. I still get spooked when I drive past the house. And what happened to John, you ask? Well, he told his siblings to jump out of the upstairs window, which the twins did, and they broke their arms. But they're okay, thank God. He can't step foot in a church without having fits of anger to the point where they stopped taking him to church. He chased his mother around the house with a knife, threatened (gasps) multiple women's lives, including his mother, his teacher, oh yeah, and me, and whatever was possessing him had it out for women. My father offered the assistance from the church to do an exorcism because he believes that it was a possession of some sort, too. They denied any help, and now John is in a mental institution. All joking aside, my heart really does go out to John and his family because they did suffer and they still suffer. I'll never forget this experience. I also never babysat alone again. Thanks for reading my story. I really appreciate your podcast and all the fun, spooky vibes. I tell anyone and everyone that they should listen. See you on the other side. Much love, Val. Holy shit. Yeah. I've talked about Something Was Wrong, the podcast before, like a lot, which is hosted by Tiffany Reese. There should be a something was wrong paranormal edition and this story needs to be featured because holy (laughs) shit. Like, first of all, I am really glad Val even knows what happened to John and the rest of the family because I am very concerned, you know, hearing that this poor child is inflicted by whatever it may be. And I know there is like a lot of before you go to demon, you know, it does sound like it is something dark, but before that, there's like a lot of mental health stuff that you have to go through to right. check out yeah and, and medical stuff too yeah just like different seizures and stuff could look like that you know and the contorting but the poor twins jumping out the window because he told them to and breaking their arms and like chasing his mom around with a knife my god if that was just yeah. one night babysitting that one night is what val experienced in one evening living mm-hmm. with that i mean i can't even imagine i know It's like he has all of these impulsive thoughts and he acts on them, which most people would be scared by those thoughts and children get corrected by them and the correction or the fear of being in trouble is enough to kind of like stop you from it. And it is sad that it didn't and that it doesn't seem like he did get as much help as he probably needed from the get-go. I think I told you this, but this girl who's a teacher – And I think at the time she was teaching kindergartners who were five and it was right after the pandemic. So this is like these kids had spent a year and a half in isolation Mm -hmm. instead of like going to preschool or pre-K and learning how to socialize with other children. They now are in kindergarten without that. And she caught a group of kids at recess, pinning down another child and trying to sacrifice him to Satan. Yes. I remember this, which I just, I'm curious what they watched on TV. Right. Because really only one child needs to actually know like, oh, we're sacrificing him to Satan. The rest of the kids don't need to know what that means because kids are mostly a yes and species. They're just, they're great at improv. (laughs) 
Yeah, they really are. They're like, cool, this is what we're doing. All right, I'll take on my role around the circle. Hold hands, close my eyes, say a bunch of gibberish. Great. I brought it up to her the other day and she was like, oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I'm sure you've experienced a lot of weird stuff. She goes, no, that's definitely the weirdest. I think I blocked it out of my memory. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I would think it was hysterical if I happened upon that. But it's also coming from the perspective of someone who talks about this stuff all the time. Right. I think for other people, it probably would be really scary. (laughs) Like if our kid's teacher in the future is like, hey, so your child attempted to have a seance during recess. I'd be like, like, oh, yeah, I taught them that. Good job, kiddo. Is that not how I'm supposed to play with my child? (laughs) This is from our listener, Marcy, and it's called My Sweet Creepy Kid Knew I Was Pregnant. Hey, ghoulies. First off, thank you so much for the amazing podcast. I stumbled across you one day a couple years ago and haven't stopped listening since. Your show has gotten me through some really tough times when my mental health was in the tank, trying to cope with my grandmother's death while in the middle of trying to move and a cardiac surgery for one of my kids. Those are just to name a few. Oh my gosh, that's really tough. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I also have always had a spooky side that I always felt weird sharing with others but your show has created this wonderful community where I don't have to hide. Welcome. So it helped me realize it's okay to be spooky and more true to myself. All thanks to you two and the show. Your tour was amazing and I really enjoyed getting to meet you in Seattle. Although if I'm being honest, my social anxiety was getting the best of me and I was very, very awkward and I hope you do not remember me. Honestly, I felt the exact same way in every interaction that I had where I was like, I'm so painfully awkward. People are going to walk away and hate me. So I think we're all thinking the same thing and leaving the experience only worried about ourselves. So don't Don't worry worry. at all. Don't worry. My memories of meeting people are also just like, wow, I could have done better in that social situation. And also I was very concerned with like my smell because at that point we had not washed our robes. (laughs) Marcy says, I was with my mom and my sister. And although my sister is still a non-believer, you converted my mom. (gasps) Hell yeah. The ghost hunting equipment kept going off during the show and she knew it wasn't rigged because you both whispered to each other, what the fuck? And can you believe this? (laughs) (laughs) Because we were scared. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, I was listening to your tour recap episode and you read an email from someone whose toddler would keep saying boo to their tour sweatshirt and seem to be scared of it. Yes. To the picture of the house. Mm-hmm. My oldest son, 10, is also very creeped out by the sweatshirt and always asks me to take it off. He says oh, the house God. is too creepy and scares him and the dolls look like they're staring into your soul. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> have we created a haunted sweatshirt? Are we might have. We might have. He has always been my somewhat creepy kid, but at 10, it surprised me that he was scared of a sweatshirt with nothing seemingly scary on it. My eight-year-old, who is a Halloween baby, but also scared of all things spooky, isn't even scared of it, and he's scared of everything. (laughs) I believe I may have written about my son before, and I shared briefly about him on Campfire Stories once, but Corinne, I think you were sick. Anyway, I thought maybe it was a good time to share again, especially as this has been on my mind a lot recently. My 10-year-old is sweet, but a little creepy, and he knew he would have a little sister and told me so before I was even pregnant. So in order to tell this correctly, I need to give a little bit of background information. In 
2009, my aunt passed away from breast cancer. Sad. This was a really difficult time for my family, and she passed away three days before my sister's wedding. And because my mom and my aunt hadn't talked in years, so it was just so much to deal with. Please, everyone, do those breast exams. Early detection can save lives. My aunt had cut herself out of her and their parents' lives over something that now seems so petty, but at the time was a really big deal to her. We had no idea her cancer had returned until she was already in hospice. My sister assumed, because she didn't know, that my aunt was still angry and just wasn't coming to the wedding. For context, my aunt lived in Houston and my family lives in the Seattle area, so it wasn't simply something she could show up to without advanced planning. Thankfully, my aunt had started texting my mom and told her that she didn't have much longer and they made amends. My aunt made the brave decision to not receive treatment as she wanted to enjoy the time she had left. My sister was able to talk to her while she was still somewhat lucid and she told my sister that she didn't want her to be sad and to continue with her wedding and the planned honeymoon and that this was supposed to be a time of celebration. So my sister continued on with the wedding despite not having my grandparents there. She did get married on their wedding anniversary and despite not having my cousins who were both supposed to be in the wedding. So she added a moving tribute to her that left everyone in tears. I will never forget the day she died. My mom was getting ready to go to work in the morning and kept telling me that she had a really bad feeling and didn't want to go to work. She was staying in Washington to be with my sister, and my dad convinced her it was all in her head. Because, men, am I right? <laughs> and that she should still go to work. So this was around 7 a.m. A few hours later, my grandma called my dad to inform us of my aunt passing at 9 a.m. Again, exact times I can't remember, but it was the same time my mom had her bad feeling due to the time difference between us and Houston. Later that evening, we were looking for a piece of paper and my mom started bawling because it seemed nothing could be easy. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, that piece of paper we were looking for was just on top of a stack of papers that we all, both my sister and my mom and I, looked through twice. So my mom and I, we all think it was my aunt. Wow. Helping out. I know. So sweet. A few years later, at the end of 2012, I found out I was pregnant with my oldest child. My now husband and I were not married at the time, and my parents were not happy. No, I was a full-fledged adult at the ripe age of 27 with my master's degree working on a therapist licensure and had been with my husband for like seven years. So <laughs> anyway, with this and my already troublesome anxiety, I was riddled with fear. I was living in the Twin Cities away from my family who seemed to be upset and I was convinced I was going to have a miscarriage. I didn't even tell those outside of my immediate family that I was pregnant until I was almost 18 weeks along. I was just riddled with fear until one night I had a dream. Today, the details are somewhat fuzzy, but the feeling remains. I dreamt of my aunt. Her, my mom, grandma, and myself were sitting around my mom's kitchen table, which is the table she had when my aunt last visited. And I remember the yellow and blue plaid tablecloth where we sat. I don't remember all that was said, but I remember she called me girlfriend, which is something she did in life. And that all is forgiven and everything will be okay. I oh. woke with such a sense of peace. I told my mom that I had dreamt of my aunt 
And she told me that my grandma had also dreamt of my aunt that very same night. Oh my gosh. My son was born in the summer of 2013. And despite my worries, he was perfectly healthy. I had severe postpartum anxiety. Never be afraid to talk about it. So I had to stop watching or reading anything horror related. My anxiety got so bad that I thought a demon was after my son. Seriously, you guys, please do not be afraid to seek help. Anyway, I mentioned this because after he started to be able to talk, he stood in the corner of a room and said, ghost. (laughs) I have no idea where he would have heard the word before. And I was just slightly creeped out. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In that same room, I had a pretty high hutch slash cabinet where on top I had two pictures of my aunt. This hutch was really tall. I'm about 5'4", and I would have to stand on a step stool to reach the top. So my son, at one years old, should not have been able to see what was up there. Yet, when he was in his high chair, he would look up and point at the pictures. Sometimes he would giggle. Again, it was a little creepy. Hmm. Hmm. My son, since he was five months old, hated sleeping on his own. He slept in my husband's and I's bed until he was about 14 months. Well, really, he slept half the night in his own bed before coming to our room. And in order to get him to sleep, we had to lay down with him. So we figured we would get a mattress for his floor before getting him a big kid bed. And I was so excited when he fell asleep there by himself for the first time that I took multiple pictures. Rapidly, I snapped away on my old iPhone 4 And out of multiple pictures I took, only one had an orb in it. I'm not the biggest believer in orbs, but it was just another creepy thing. Especially because it really does seem like someone else is interacting with him. 100%. Yes. And it's also really beautiful going back to before he was even born to just like not fully feeling the support of your family and them not showing up in the way that you expected them to or wanted Mm -hmm. them to. And then her aunt coming through a dream and being like, it's okay. I'm here and you're going to be okay. Yeah. And we're all good. And I support you in this. And almost saying that like everyone else will support you as well. It's just like a moment. Everything's going to be okay with the pregnancy, with the baby, with your family. Everything will be just fine. And it's so beautiful given that like the aunt and the family had such a disconnect up until the the end of her life. But now like in the afterlife, she's very much like, you're my family and I'm going to be here. Yeah. A couple of years goes by and he has a little brother now. So we decided to move back to Washington to be closer to my family. While he was four, we were waiting for his preschool bus on our porch playing. Him and his brother were jumping down from the step over and over. And I remember thinking how content I was with my two kids and how I thought I really didn't want any more. Next thing I know, out of the blue, my somewhat creepy kid turns to me and tells me that he had a dream he had a little sister. I was like, what the fuck? How weird. At the exact same time, I had the thought that I was content with just two kids. So I went on to change the subject, but he had already moved on. So I dropped it. It's interesting, too, because it's almost like, is there information just kind of passing through on this wave and they're together? And to her, it just feels like a thought of having another child, but he can read that energy differently. I don't know. It's so strange. It is. This was the end of September or maybe very beginning of October. Around Christmas of that year, I realize I'm late. Even though I knew, I was like, nope, it's all in my head. I'm definitely not pregnant. Well, I decided to take a test after the new year and yep, preggers. Eerily enough, I knew when I was pregnant with all three kids before any symptoms. 
My husband and I waited to tell our boys until after we got the pregnancy confirmed by the doctor. That happened in mid-February, and my sister made them a cute little shirt and a onesie. I was so excited to tell them, but when we told our oldest, he was like, I already knew that. (laughs) Say what? (laughs) At least he's open and supportive. I always feel bad when I see the videos, people telling their kids, and they're like, no. Yeah. We're done. I don't want a sibling. Yeah. Like, well, you're getting one. You're getting one. I would understand if we found out immediately after he mentioned his dream, but this was four months later and he was only four years old. How could he have remembered this? In April, I went to have my 20 week ultrasound and I knew in my gut that something was wrong. The tech needed to go check with the person who reads them to make sure she got everything and was gone a long while. We found out I was having a girl and I just knew her name was Amelia which wasn't even a name I was considering. When I went to pick up my children from my mom's afterwards, she told my son that he was going to have a little sister. I kid you not, he legit rolled his eyes at my mom and said, duh, I know, and walked away. (laughs) We found out soon after the scan that my daughter had a congenital heart defect and had a really high chance of Down syndrome. Throughout my whole pregnancy, my son would say I had a little joy in my tummy which helped me get through this difficult time. He was really into watching Inside Out during this time, but he would always remind me that I had joy in there, in my belly. So we decided... I have chills. (laughs) Like the best kind of chills right now. So we decided Joy was the perfect middle name, Amelia Joy. When she was born, those two were inseparable, already best friends. My daughter was also born with a heart birthmark, And I would show people, and honestly, I don't think they saw it at first. It wasn't until she was about two that they really saw it. And this was after an incident with a complete stranger in Target. So to get into this story, at this time, my daughter had already had two open heart surgeries. I was finally trying to deal with the trauma of all that while worrying about COVID. It was summer, and I was waiting in the Starbucks and Target for a much-needed coffee. My daughter had a tank top on. And randomly, another woman was waiting behind me, commented on how cute my daughter was. No, she's still cute, knows it, and uses it to get out of trouble. (laughs) And then she noticed her birthmark. And she was like, oh, wow, she has a heart birthmark. And this woman goes on to tell me that that meant my daughter was kissed by an angel. I went back to my car and cried. I bawled my eyes out, remembering my son had the dream of her before she was born. I had the dream of my aunt and it all just came back. I truly believe she did have angels watching over her during her multiple surgeries. To top it all off, that same day, out of nowhere, my son, who was nine at the time, asked me if I knew that we are alive before we are born. I was like, what? And he said, yes, we are alive before we're born. And I knew Amelia before she was in your tummy. This was out of the (laughs) blue. Just out of the blue, he tells me this. What a in tune, like locked in kid. Like this, this child was born. Oh yeah. Still tethered to the other world. And it has not, it doesn't seem to break. I'm curious if Marcy's son has seen um, soul. Oh, if not, you should show him. Yeah. Marcy. My daughter, Amelia does have Down syndrome. And I do honestly believe she was a gift to us. I know that not everyone who has a child with DS or any other special needs feels the same way, and it can be difficult at times. She is so often filled with joy, and her smile and laugh can turn around a bad day. She is now five and had a third cardiac surgery this past September. 
My oldest and Amelia are still best friends, and my son talks about her constantly in class. I asked his teacher <laughs> recently if he ever talked about his brother, and the teacher said I didn't even know he had a brother. <laughs> his brother before this he only knew amelia in the astral plane oh i didn't know he had a brother that's so funny thanks again for the great podcast and for allowing me to share the only person in my family who believes this is my mom as she's had some of her own experiences she saw her grandma who passed when she was a child got a call from her brother after he died and apparently saw my grandma while cleaning out her house after she had passed away I've started to share with others and occasionally I get the, okay, you're a little nuts look, but my son hasn't said anything creepy again, but is still very freaked out by the tour sweatshirt. Oh, sorry. Thanks again. See you on the other side, Marcy. She, her. Incredible. Marcy, I'm sorry you had to go through all of that anxiety and just like the tough navigation of dynamics during an already tough time of being pregnant, like with your family members and everything. It's really, really tough, but it sounds like you have some awesome kids. Amelia's so strong, too, to have already yeah. gone through three surgeries. I can't even believe it. Awesome kids and awesome guardians and so much love yeah. and protection from the other side, which I really think is so special. Right. And I'm so curious what her oldest son, how many more things he'll experience and say and just clue us into what's going on. And I want to know how... He knew Amelia. Like, is it a past life thing? I'm just so yeah. curious. Are they traveling souls? Oh, so cool. Marcy, sending you also so much love. I'm sorry for all the stuff that you've been going through. And you are not strange for having all these paranormal encounters. And we are here. This community yeah. is here for you. We're so glad you're here with us. Yeah. And you're not strange at all for having the anxiety around pregnancies either. No. I feel like it's very common. We see things that other people go through and it does. Yeah. You know, it doesn't always make it easy or exciting to just announce something that feels like it should be. But I understand that. It's making me think about (laughs) this Christmas. So my cousin Addie, she's 20 years younger than me. (gasps) Jesus what? Christ. What? Nothing. My something made an alert on in my headphones, but it came full volume. Oh, 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 oh. It's so much louder than I have your volume, so I don't understand That's how that That's so happened. weird. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta calm down. Okay, Addie's 20 years younger than me. And when she was a baby, my aunt and uncle would like literally post on their Facebook page the orbs that would go around that they'd capture on her baby cam. Like she's always experienced a lot. She knew her dog had died because her other dog had like visited her from beyond the grave to tell her that her dog had passed, like the other dog had passed. She's had so many different experiences. But now talking about just like things that can come up in conversation and wondering if it will ever come true. Addie asked me this Christmas, just like out of the blue, she said, how many kids do you want? And I was like, two, three. And she's like, what do you want? And I was like, ideally, one of each would be great. And then if we have a third, it can be whatever. And I said, what about you? And she goes, I want two kids. I want them to be boys. 
She goes, but of course, because I want them to be boys, I'm going to end up with girls. So it was kind of like cheeky and very like an adult comment to make. But because she's had so many different experiences, now I feel like I'm going to lock that into my memory. And 20, 30 years from now, it makes me wonder, like, is she going to be told like, oh, you're having boys in every single ultrasound scan and then it will turn out to be a girl. Turned out to be a girl. (laughs) Yeah. Lock that away. We'll see what happens to her. Locked into the podcast too. So forever recorded. We'll forget it, but our listeners won't. (laughs) (laughs) Will we be podcasting in 20 years? I hope we never stop. Maybe we'll be, there'll be like a cool evolution of like holographic podcasting. That's kind of what I was wondering. It's like, what are podcasts going to look like in 20 years? We like follow people around like small little Star Wars holograms. I like that. Come out of a pocket. You can change Polly Pocket clothes. You can change your outfits too. And then chew on them. But it has to be realistic. So it's going to be three hairstyles for me. Boxer briefs for me to wear under my pants and overalls. The same sweatpants every time on the bottom and just alternating between like four tops that are mostly just sweatshirts. Oh, man. I love it. And it's like makeup. Okay. Just mascara. That's it. (laughs) It's your only option. Okay. This is called Encounter Story About an Imaginary Friend. Hi, guys. I love the podcast and devour new episodes as fast as they come out, though I consider myself fairly mundane and that I haven't really had any significant encounters with the paranormal. The closest I've come is having quite regular and intense bouts of deja vu to the point of being physically stopped in my tracks because it feels so strongly like I've done this exact same thing before. Anywho, I was falling asleep to the last encounters episode in the story about the man jogged my memory about an experience that I had with my niece when she was two years old. Like most kids, she had an imaginary friend who she called Rainbow. I don't remember a lot of specifics, but I do remember that me and my sisters used to regularly give nervous laughs when (laughs) Lola would recount Rainbow's stories because they always had a bit of a weird vibe to them. When asked to describe her, Lola would say that she had long, sharp claws black eyes, and rainbow-colored hair. Whoa. One day, I was visiting my sister's house and had brought one of my dogs with me. We had been there for a while, and I got up to let Hamlet, my Kelpie, out into the backyard to go to the toilet. A large sliding glass door led directly from the lounge room to the yard. If you stepped outside and moved to the right, you could take the right-hand turn around the corner of the house where the yard narrowed into a pebbled corridor down the side of the house where the bins were stored. After putting Hamlet outside, I returned to sit on the floor and play with Lola, and as I did this, I heard Hamlet moving down the pebbled path. Now, Hamlet is very used to being indoors and involved in whatever I'm doing, but he particularly loves my niece and nephews. When he's put outside, he usually just runs out to the grass, goes to the bathroom, and then returns to the door to come straight back inside. Getting distracted in our game about five minutes had passed when I realized Hamlet was still outside. I looked over my shoulder to the sliding glass door, but he wasn't there, and he wasn't in the yard beyond. I wonder what Hamlet is doing, I mused. And my niece, who, remember, is only two years old, puts her toy down, looks up at me, and in total deadpan, says, he's near the bins. Rainbow is hurting him. Oh my gosh! No joke, the words had barely left her mouth, and Hamlet came tearing up the side of the house, sat with his back to the door, looked back the way that he had just come with all of his hair standing on end. I got up and I let him back in the house, a bit freaked out, 
and not really knowing what to say to Lola. So I just said, you tell Rainbow that we don't hurt dogs. And if she does it again, she better be prepared to deal with me. Lola just smiled and said, she knows. She just likes to be mean. Lola is now nearly seven years old. And thankfully, it's been some years since we've heard her mention Rainbow. It could have been a coincidence, but it still freaked me out. And combined with the other weird stories that Lola would tell about Rainbow, it always made me a little nervous thinking about her. And uh, that's my story. Keep up the great work and stay spooky, Julia. I don't like Rainbow. No, Rainbow is evil. Terrifying. Rainbow is up to no good. Rainbow hurts dogs, lures them into the pebbled corridor under the false pretense of probably being pet. Or being involved in something fun, like he was inside, and then hurt. How old so do you picture stuff. Rainbow to be? Like, is is Rainbow like almost like a fae? Could be. I feel like Rainbow. Like, I almost picture like a five or six year old. I picture like Megan the doll. Actually, I almost picture like the movie Orphan, where it's like a mm. someone presenting looks like a child, but is actually like forty years old. That was very scary movie. And what's also scary is that that did happen. Based on a true story. Isn't it based on the story that the couple said that they adopted a child that's actually an adult and that wasn't the case at all? Like she truly was just a child and they left her and like neglected her. That might be a separate one, but they're, like it's a true story of this woman from Russia who conned a bunch of families oh. and like was like super mischievous and like. Okay. Yeah, because there's something that happened in the States where like this poor girl who had some different disabilities, like they suddenly convinced themselves her adoptive parents that she was an like 25 year old adult or something and she wasn't she was like 10 that's sad i don't i don't yeah. know about that story but oh it's a sad way to end this creepy kids there are so creepy many stories, creepy, creepy kids. kids yeah did you have an imaginary friend when you were younger mm, not that i recall i know my sister did yeah. but i don't recall having one do you remember the name of your sisters try found a friend did you have one no, I didn't. But I'm also curious if children have imaginary friends when they're an only child, like your sister, if when you came and when Graham came, the imaginary friend goes away. Oh. Or is it like truly haunting? Hmm. I definitely didn't have one. You didn't? No. And I don't really know anyone who did either. So it doesn't feel as common as it feels. Interesting. We hear about them so frequently, but like I don't even remember – I don't know. Wouldn't I have heard about it in kindergarten or first grade where someone talks about their imaginary friend? Well, I bet you didn't have one because your parents believed in ghosts. So like anything that would have been called an imaginary friend, like your parents acknowledged and knew was a ghost. My mom's like, don't talk to them. They're dead. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like my one friend, Jill, she has three daughters and Abby, who is five, has an imaginary friend who does like the naughty things. It's almost like a weird mm. like she's she knows she's supposed to be good but she has these like inner thoughts and desires to do other things like she'll say her imaginary friend's name didn't wash his hands after like going to the bathroom and it's like very clearly her almost admitting that <laughs> it's, her. it's her admitting that she didn't wash her hands but she wants it to be like the bad kid you know yeah she doesn't want to get in trouble but she's still trying to push the boundaries right okay well, my mom has not read my text yet so we might not get a response well, to be determined what that yeah. name was. Yeah. We'll let you know. You did live in a very haunted house. So very well, Lexi's imaginary friend could have been a ghost. And we grew up with my dad, who is a very haunted person. Oh, my brother was born. A new brother. Did we even talk about this pregnancy on the podcast? I don't know. 
But my dad and his wife were pregnant and just had a baby. His name is Luca Nathaniel Roga, born 6.48 p.m. on December 15th. Look at his astrocartography lines. See if you'll ever be in the same city. I have to figure out what city he was born in. Born in Lithuania. Yeah. How cute. Very How sweet. Also, the freaking maternity care in different countries is so wild. Their hospital room has a full king size bed so that she oh. and my dad and the baby like all can like live in this room. And they're yeah. there for like a few days. Look at this meal that they were served. My gosh, I feel like it's so good in so many different countries. <laughs> this meal, it's like a steak dinner Whoa. with wine. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah. Oh, my mom just responded. Her imaginary friend's name was Andy. And then she had a doll that she called Lexia. But I feel like that's close to her own name. So that's probably just right. like yeah. the doll named Lexi. But Andy, Andy was her imaginary Andy. friend. And I think similarly, Andy was like naughty. Mm. I wonder if it was like inspired by Toy Story, maybe, Andy. I don't think Toy Story was out at that time. Oh, it's weird to think of a time that Toy Story wasn't out. My picture is just always existing. I don't know, probably like 1998. 95. Yeah, so not yet. So from the time that I could remember anything, (laughs) Toy Story was out. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If you have imaginary friends or had imaginary friends or still do, I don't know, email us your ghost stories of any topic to two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. But we do love creepy kid stories. So if you were one or have one, send them our way. We asked if, if you want to send like your kid saying their creepy story, you can. We only got one. So we, we just ended up not doing it. But if we get enough, maybe we can do like a full episode on that. Like a special. Yeah, a little voice memo. Stray from the creepy kids themselves. Right. And then also, this was great. The listener who did send it in also did basically a recap in the body of the email so that in case the audio doesn't work out, we have that as well. Perfect. Now my mom is calling me because, of course, I texted her, which means that I'm (sighs) available to talk. (laughs) Okay. Well, we'll let everyone else go and let you go, Sabrina, so you can catch up with your mom. You guys don't want to listen to my conversation with my mom? We appreciate you guys being here. Thank you for joining us for yet another year of ghost stories. Shout out to Jamie and Avery who are on our team and everyone else who helps make the podcast run. And thank you to all of you for helping. You help in so many different ways by joining our Patreon, by telling everyone about us, by rating and reviewing on iTunes, by engaging with us on social media and listening every week. All of those things help immensely. So thank you so much. Thank you. We love you all. And we will see. See you on the other side.